Welcome to Alive with Jesus, the two most important issues without question for everyone on earth is whether you are alive or not, or whether you are with Jesus or without Jesus. Alive with Jesus is focused on growing your faith by knowing truth with certainty, building on a solid foundation of God's word that gives you fulfillment and passion on purpose. First Thessalonians 5.10 says, who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Join us as we build on a solid foundation so that every day from now to eternity, we are truly alive with Jesus. I'm your host, Stuart, and I have Nathan with me. So let's pray over the podcast today. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your amazingness and just loving us and showing us truth and revealing yourself. We ask for your blessing today on your word and that you lead us and guide us into all truth through your word. And we ask those that are listening can have their ears open to your truth as well and that you guide everything that is said in this podcast. We ask this in your name. Amen. In this podcast, we're talking about prayer, and we have talked about this uh, previously in our foundation and manifesto sections. So if you haven't heard those, you will definitely want to go back and review those. Uh, but this one, it's more kind of on a personal level in how, how do we pray? How do we ask for things or how do we know if God's hearing us and maybe sometimes when you pray, you just feel like it, it doesn't go anywhere or God's not listening or doesn't hear. And that may actually be the case. So, uh, we want to point out some specific hindrances to prayer and some examples of prayer and just look at it from a, a little different perspective. So I want to start by, uh, looking at a couple of verses that kind of, because the people talk about prayer, sometimes they have different images that come to mind of what they're doing. It's, it's just a conversation. You're just talking to God or, or maybe you're audibly giving a Christmas wish list or just different, different things that come to mind. So I want to read a couple of verses, Acts chapter 10, verse four says, and when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? And he said unto him, thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. So there's, it's, it's like a substance. It's a thing. It, when you pray, it's a, it, it goes up before God as a memorial. Revelation has it a little better. I think revelation chapter five, verse eight. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and 20 elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. So in heaven, they like collect, you have a, a vial is like a, a small container. Um, and it, it's a vial of odors, which sounds like it smells, I guess. Sounds like it's, that's funny. Um, um, which are the prayers of saints. So it's like collective. So uh, maybe if you, if you've seen, um, monsters Inc, how they had these containers that 
contained screams or laughter. That's what they ran their energy on. That's kind of, I mean, obviously the Bible was written first. So if anything, Monsters Inc. plagiarized it. Um, but that's the, that's the sense that we're getting. And in Revelation 8, 3 to 4 says, And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne, and the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. So it's like a, it, it's a thing. It's, it's not just conversation like you and I talking here, but although not that prayer isn't that, you're talking to God, but these, it gives a, a substance to it. It's collected. It's, it's tangible and it, it comes up and ascends before God. It's very interesting to see it as more than just, uh, you know, asking your parents what, you know, can I have this for my birthday or something like that? These are prayers of the saints that's being offered and rising up on an altar. It's fascinating to me to view prayer in a different light than what we normally see it. So I thought that was, uh, was something that I think would be helpful. And prayer is, is so important. You have Jesus, uh, it, even in his ministry in three and a half years, he went alone to pray a lot. And a lot of people would say, well, why didn't he just keep going around healing people? If he's the son of God, why does he need to go take time and pray? What, you know, why can't he just minister 24 hours a day? Well, he was fully man, fully God. So he needed sleep and he needed that communion with God, as well as prayers like this going up and and ascending there's something about prayer and fasting so you have prayer but then you have prayer and fasting so i'll read a couple of verses on that in nehemiah chapter 1 verse 4 and it came to pass when i heard these words that i sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the god of heaven psalm 35 13 but as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting and my prayer returned into mine own bosom. That like, it, it didn't seem like it was going anywhere. So even David felt like that. Daniel chapter nine, verse three. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I want to point out this specifically in Daniel um, because if you heard the last episode where we were talking, uh, we mentioned the place in Ezekiel where God specifically calls out those, these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job. So he points them out as being only able to save themselves and not their sons and daughters. Um, so that, I mean, imagine being one of the three I mean, yes, others are mentioned all throughout the Bible, but when you get to be one of the top three that, that God mentions, 
Noah Day. That that's pretty cool. Well, that was before John the Baptist, which Jesus said John the Baptist among those born women, women John the Baptist was the greatest. So Ezekiel is before Jesus saying that, but to be one of those three, that that is really awesome. So here we have Daniel being one of these these top dudes in God's eyes, and he prayed and fasted. I think it's also good to read some prayers of the saints and of examples that are in the Bible. A lot of people may have heard of the prayer of Jabez, and that's really popular because it talks about being prosperous and getting a lot of money. But I think it's also good to read some other prayers instead of just one kind. So I want to read Daniel uh, chapter 9. I'll start at verse 3. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. I want you I want you to listen to this prayer and compare it to either how you pray or how you've heard others pray. And I want you to notice some of the key points that are highlighted here. Uh, is Daniel demanding something of God? Is he um, have this big, long wish list? Is he just, just notice the things that he points out when he's, when he's praying, he made his confession and said, uh, keep, I'll, I'll go back again to verse four. And I prayed unto the Lord, my God, and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. That's who God keeps his covenant and mercy to. We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces as at this day, to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and unto all Israel that are near and that are far off, through all the countries whither thou hast driven them because of their trespass, that they have trespassed against thee. O Lord, to us belongeth confusion of face, to our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. To the Lord our God belong mercies and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws, which he set before us by his servants' prophets. Yea, all Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing, that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore, the curse is poured out upon us and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. He hath confirmed his words, which he spake against us and against our judges that judged us by bringing upon us a great evil for utter the whole heaven hath not been done as hath been done upon Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this evil is come upon us Yet made we not our prayers before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth. Therefore hath the Lord watched upon the evil and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all his works, which he doeth, for we obey not his voice. And now, O Lord our God, thou 
that has brought thy people forth out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and has gotten thee renown as at this day we have sinned, we have done wickedly. O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from the city of Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. Now, therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. O my God, incline, incline thine ear and hear, open thine eyes and behold our desolations and the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousness, but for thy great mercies. O Lord, hear, O Lord, forgive, O Lord, hearken and do, defer not for thine own sake, O my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. So we'll just stop there for a moment. What did you notice about that prayer? Like how many times did he say, we have sinned. God, all of this stuff has happened because we have sinned, our iniquities. You are right, God. You told us in the law of Moses, which if you go back to um, Deuteronomy 32, I believe it is, and the chapters before and after that, Moses, if you remember, he he told them, look, this is what's going to happen. If you don't follow his word, you're going to be scattered everywhere. If you do follow his word, then you're going to have this and this. So they have your promises and then you have the consequences of not following it. So Daniel is, is telling God, you're right. You told us this would happen and we did it. We were wicked. We, our iniquities have caused this curse to come upon us. He's not blaming God. God, how can you do this? Well, that's horrible that you, do you see we're suffering here? What kind of God are you to let us suffer like that? Do you, do you see the difference in the attitude that Daniel had? This is Daniel. He, he prayed how many times a day? And they made the special law trying to stop Daniel from praying. Well, what's the big deal? If prayer doesn't mean anything, then why why make a law that you can't pray? What's, what's the big idea? And Daniel wouldn't even... He's like, well, I'm going to keep praying out in the open, not for show, not to, to be like the Pharisees, but he continued praying and that's what got him, got him thrown in the lion's den. But I wanted you to, to hear this prayer from start to finish so that you can just sense the attitude difference. Is this someone who is demanding God do something because it's my right. I deserve, I didn't deserve this, this stuff that's going on here. You owe me, God. You're supposed to be a loving God. You're supposed to, to take care of us. That's not the attitude that Daniel has. It's we are wicked. We deserve all this. You told us this is what would happen. And so he's asking for forgiveness for the whole nation. Uh, it's, it just, it just hit me differently as to, and you know, they're in captivity, they're slaves, they're, 
they don't have freedom of speech. They don't have freedom to worship God like they did before. Now compare their lifestyle, their everyday living with our current state in America, with Starbucks and 7-Elevens and, and grocery stores and TV and internet and cell phones. And, and most of America is not living in poverty you've got enough food and you you don't get persecuted if you're praying who who has it worse daniel or us and how are our prayers compared to daniel's dan it's it's just very interesting i'm going to just jump to the the next chapter chapter 10 um I'm going to go to uh, verse 2. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And in the four and twentieth day of the month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Hittichel, then I lifted up my eyes and behold, a certain man clothed in linen whose loins were girded with the fine gold of Uphaz. And it describes his, uh, describes the angel that came. I'm going to skip down so that we can get to the ask part. Uh, uh, verse 11. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then he said unto me, then said he unto me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me and I remain there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. So Daniel fasted and prayed for 21 days. Someone with the righteousness of Daniel, the humility, the understanding of scripture and who God was, for 21 days and he didn't get an answer for them. Is it because God was just uh, mean and wasn't going to give him an answer right away? He explains it, that there's a spiritual battle happening for 21 days. And until Michael could come help, uh, then, then the angel was able to come and meet with Daniel. And then later on, he had to return and go back. The angel had to go back. So I point this out. I, I, I'm trying to help see there is so much more going on than we can see with our visible eyes. It, and you, you, obviously it's easy to say, well, I thought God was all powerful. Why, why didn't he just do it the first day? Well, you can ask him when that happens. And if you haven't heard the foundation segment, you might want to go back and do that. 
But the fact is there's more going on than we can possibly know. And if Daniel, if it took Daniel 21 days of fasting and praying to get an answer today in America, and I'm, I'm pointing fingers at myself here. I'll get an answer in five minutes and in, in even five hours, five days. How many times have we spent five days, five hours fasting and praying? We can't get past five hours without, I mean, when have we prayed for five hours straight? Daniel did it for 21 days and that's when he finally could get an answer. So I'm just trying to bring the reality of what the Bible says about it and not just what a preacher says about prayer or what you might've read in another verse about prayer. Let's look at all the verses that talk about prayer and it's, it means something it's powerful, but prayer alone is not necessarily powerful enough. Uh, if you go back to then Jesus, uh, Matthew seventeen twenty one, and this is when, uh, the disciples couldn't cast out a demon and they had to bring the demon possessed person to Jesus. And he said, how be it this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. So there's something about pairing those two that is more powerful and is actually needed. It's Jesus himself said it. Now the disciples cast out a lot of demons, but they couldn't do that one. And Jesus said it was because of needing prayer and fasting. It's mentioned again in Mark chapter nine, verse 29. And you also have uh, in Luke two thirty-seven. she was a widow of about four score and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. So there's a, 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 I will go into that story at the moment, but I'm just pointing out um, that prayer and fasting can be necessary, not just prayer alone. And I think we're going to have to do a whole podcast on fasting. Um, in fact, uh, one of the fascinating ones in first Corinthians chapter seven, verse five, this is talking about, uh, husband and wife. And it says, defraud ye not one, the other, except it be with consent for a time. So that means both have to say, okay, we're not going to, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. So within the marriage itself, uh, you're not to defraud unless you're both agreeing you're going to abstain because you are both going to give yourselves to fasting and prayer. That's what the verse says. i just reading it, what it says, but the importance of fasting and prayer. So, um, we're going to focus back on the prayer side of things. And I wanted to read one more prayer and then we'll, we'll go through some key points. Uh, we'll go to second Kings chapter 19 and we'll start in verse 
14 and continue. And Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwellest between the cherubims, thou art the God, even thou alone of all the kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made heaven and earth. Lord, bow down thine ear and hear, open, Lord, thine eyes and see and hear the words of Sennacherib, which hath sent him to reproach the living God. Of a truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have destroyed the nations and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire, for they were no gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore have they have destroyed them. Now, therefore, O Lord, our God, I beseech thee, save thou us out of his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. Then Isaiah, the son of Amos said to Hezekiah saying, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, that which thou hast prayed to me against Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard. And then it continues with the answer. So Hezekiah laid out the letter. It physically went to God, opened the letter, laid it out in front and said, this is what's going on, God. And notice he said, save thou us out of his hand so we can live it up and party and not suffer anymore and, and get lots of money. Is that why he wanted it? No. Save thou us out of his hand that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. That's a, that's powerful. Now, one reason you know it's a powerful prayer is because God says it is and, and answered it. So uh, examples of prayers like that are very encouraging to me and enlightening and seeing, uh, it, do you think Hezekiah was just like, Hey God, I don't know if you know or not, but you know, we're having some troubles. So if you wouldn't mind, can you help us out? Is that the sense that you get when you read this prayer or is this sincere, deep, this is at the core level of, of talking and seeking God. So I wanted to get those two prayers as examples. There's others. Um, but did you know that there's some conditions on prayers? Did you know there are things that can be done that or not done that might hinder your prayer from being answered. So we'll just read through some. Uh, we'll go to Numbers chapter 12, and this is when Aaron and Miriam challenged Moses, and uh, Miriam got leprous. If you haven't read that account, I'm not going to read the entire account here. Uh, but we'll start at verse 13. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. Now, this is Moses. You think Moses' uh, prayers are pretty powerful? He, he did some pretty powerful stuff. He changed, uh, I say he changed God's mind. He didn't change God's mind, but he asked God not to destroy Israel a few times, and God said, okay, I will. So Moses has some pretty powerful prayers. So he said unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. Verse 14. And the Lord said unto Moses, 
if her father had but spit in her face, should she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out from the camp seven days, and after that, let her be received in again. So, even with Moses praying and asking, God's like, if she just insulted her own father, she would be ashamed for seven days. But since she's insulting me, I, yeah, she's going to need to go outside the camp seven days and then I'll heal her. So, I mean, it's nice that they knew up front, yeah, I'm going to heal you, but the consequences of her actions were not something that God took lightly and there were still consequences there. So she had to wait seven days before the healing happened. So I thought that was interesting. In Deuteronomy chapter one, verse 45, and he returned and wept before the Lord, but the Lord would not hearken to your voice nor give ear unto you. And that whole chapter, uh, you can see why he didn't, but I'll, I'll uh, continue here and you'll see a few other examples. Deuteronomy 23, verse 9, When the host goeth forth against thine enemies, then keep thee from every wicked thing. So if you're going to go up against, you're going to go into battle, spiritual battle, physical battle, keep thee from every wicked thing. Why? What, what does that matter? Well, I, I mean, just work out and, and be strong and smart and have good strategy, a good battle plan. That's all you need, right? Nope. Joshua 7, 6, and we're going to read uh, a little ways here in Joshua 7, but we're going to start at verse 6. And Joshua rent his clothes, and this is after they were defeated at uh, when they fought against Ai. After a huge victory in Jericho, I mean, all the walls coming down, seven days going around and around, and then against Ai, a much smaller, less defended place, they got whooped. And Joshua read his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide, he and the elders of Israel, and put dust upon their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side, Jordan. Now, would you say Joshua is sincerely praying? And not just Joshua, he and the elders of Israel, they put dust on their heads and they fell to the earth on their face for quite a while until evening and ripped his clothes. Do we have that kind of prayer today? Is that, is that how earnest we are praying? Was Joshua just some normal dude? Was he just, you know, some guy, some random dude? No, he was the leader, awesome leader. And th that this is him praying. So what is God's response? Verse eight. Oh, no, th this is Joshua still praying. Sorry, verse eight. Oh Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall environ us round and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? Here's God's answer. 
And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up. Wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? Israel hath sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them, for they have even taken of the accursed thing, and have also stolen, and dissembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turn their backs before their enemies, because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you any more, except ye destroy the accursed from among you. Up, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel. Thou canst not stand before thine enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. But notice, I mean, Joshua and the elders are, they're on their face. They're fast. They're, and he's like, get up. What are you lying upon your face? Israel has sinned. He didn't say, nor it's not Joshua that sinned. The elders didn't sin. Someone else did. And you read the whole thing. It was Achan and his family. Um, but all of Israel was called accursed by God because they were accursed. It says in verse 12, neither will I be with you anymore. This is his chosen people that he led out of Egypt. They disobeyed what he commanded them. And so he's like, okay, see ya. Go ahead, do it on your own. And, and so this one example here, obviously you want this on a personal level. If you've got any wicked thing, if you are holding anything back from God, um, private sin or idolatry or something. This is why love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Don't hold back every piece, obey God, obedience, whatever he says, that's what we want to do. Or there's consequences. Well, this is old Testament. Okay. Well, we'll, we can do a podcast sometime of all the places in the new Testament where it talks about obedience as well. But, uh, the other thing, so definitely at a personal and practical level, if you have something that you have transgressed against God, that you are holding back from God, that you are unrepentant of, you expect God to listen to your fat, your prayer and fasting like this, like Joshua did. I, Mm, I'm not taking that chance, but notice in this case, it wasn't even Joshua. Here's Joshua praying for the whole nation. And God says, get up. You got, you got sin in Israel. So I can't help any of you as a nation because of sin. So you may hear some people say, well, what do you care about? fornication or something. It doesn't hurt you. What, what two people do in their own bedroom, what does it matter? It doesn't, doesn't hurt you. doesn't harm you. Well, what about this? Achan did it himself. He was the one that stole him and his family disobeyed God, but it affected the entire nation. And that's, so it does affect us. I think we talked about Phineas in a, off off the record or before we were recording 
and how that sin was affecting the whole nation until Phineas took care of it. So um, prayer is powerful, but it has to be from the right heart. Did Joshua have the right heart? He sure did. But there were things going on under his control. Joshua is the leader. So it's a, it's a call to leadership also. So you men, if you're the head of your household, if you're trying to lead, um, if the buck falls on you, you're accountable for what happens. So this is why it is important. So we'll continue with uh, some more verses here. Uh, we'll go to Second Chronicles 7.14. This one may be familiar with people. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, not get more pride, not build up their self-esteem, not love themselves more so they can love others, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will hear their, heal their land. So we got some conditions in there. Are those, are we following those conditions in our prayers? I, I'm talking about myself as well. This is, I, I put together this ask um, page for when I'm praying as a reminder to myself, look, am I turning from my wicked ways? Am I being humble and seeking God? But the opposite that, I mean, doesn't it sound like if they aren't humble and don't seek his face and don't turn from their wicked ways, does that sound like God's going to say, well, I'll still hear from heaven and we'll forgive and heal their land. That's not the implication here. Psalm 34 verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Proverbs 15, 29, the Lord is far from the wicked but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. Proverbs 28, 9, he that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be abomination. Isaiah 1, 13, bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. This is God speaking. The new moons and Sabbaths, thy calling of assemblies, I cannot away with. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. And when ye spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when ye make many prayers, I will not hear you. Your hands are full of blood. Wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. That's rough. That's God talking. That's not my opinion. That's not Paul well, I think I'll give you some advice here. Here's some, no, this is that, this is God speaking. Isaiah 59, two, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you 
that he will not hear. Lamentations 3.39, wherefore doth a living man complain a man for the punishment of his sins? Let us search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. Let us lift up our heart with our hands unto God in the heavens. We have transgressed and have rebelled. Thou hast not pardoned. Thou hast covered with anger and persecuted us. Thou hast slain. Thou hast not pitied. Thou hast covered thyself with a cloud that our prayers should not pass through. Wow. So if it feels like your prayers aren't getting through, that's a good time to examine yourself and seek God. Ezekiel 8, 17, Then he said unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? Is it a light thing to the house of Judah that they commit the abominations which they commit here? For they have filled the land with violence and have returned to provoke me to anger and lo, they put the branch to their nose. Therefore will I also deal in fury. Mine eye shall not spare, neither will I have pity. And though they cry in mine ears with a loud voice, yet will I not hear them. Zechariah 7, 9. Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Execute true judgment and show mercy and compassions every man to his brother, and oppress not the widow, nor the fatherless, the stranger, nor the poor, and let none of you imagine evil against his brother in your heart. But they refused to hearken and pulled away the shoulder and stopped their ears that they should not hear. Yea, they made their heart as an adamant stone, lest they should hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts had sent in his spirit by the former prophets. Therefore came a great wrath from the Lord of hosts. Therefore, as it is come to pass, that as he cried, and they would not hear, so they cried, and I would not hear, saith the Lord of hosts. Malachi 2, 2. If ye will not hear, and if ye will not lay it to heart, to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts, I will even send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Yea, I have cursed them already, because ye do not lay it to heart. Ouch. John fifteen seven. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. They said, now we're, now we're going to get into a couple of, of uh, you're going to hear some verses, and I'm, I don't have this one marked, but in um, the Matthew 7, 7 verse, which a lot of people know, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Uh, that's a very popular verse. But everything that I've read so far, does it sound like, hey, all I have to do is just ask, and God will give me whatever I want. So you, you have to have the the context of of God. Of and, and I, I've, how many verses have I gone through so far? So I've gone through. 39 verses here, not including the prayer of Daniel and the prayer of Hezekiah. When you read those first, and then you hear Matthew 7, 7, ask and it shall be given you, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened unto you. Does it just seem like that's it? Does that negate every, all the other 39 verses that I read? Or perhaps is Jesus building on the foundation of the rest of this? So we'll, we'll continue and see. Ephesians 3.20, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. So he is able to do exceedingly abundantly. 
Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So thanksgiving is a very key part. Are you thankful for what you have? Are you thankful for eternal life? Are you, are you thankful at all? Or do we just want more? We want more, we want more, more, more. Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So we can come boldly. Joshua went boldly. Daniel came boldly. But if you're hiding iniquity, if you're not thankful, if do, do you see the difference there that we can't just quote this, we can't just come boldly under the throne of grace if we're unrepentant, if we're disobedient, if we're glorifying sin in our own lives. Uh, we we got to check ourselves um, and then we can come boldly. James 1, 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let that not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. And this is a, a good reminder of like when Jesus was uh, doing his ministry, when he was in his hometown, he, he couldn't heal many people because of their faith. How many times did he say, your faith has healed you? And where there wasn't that faith, then they wouldn't get healed because of this principle here. So if you're doubting that God can do something, if you're doubting that he's going to, then I, I'm just reading the verse. That's what he said. So we want to have the faith of a mustard seed. James 4.2, ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight in war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. Now that sounds like a lot like Matthew 7, 7, ask, it shall be given to you, but there's more. Verse three, ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lusts. So what are we asking for? God, give me $4 million so I can retire and live it up and uh, travel and I just want to enjoy life. Is that, am I asking for something to give God glory? Or is it just for me to play? What what am I asking for? Is is it for his, according to His will, or is it just I want something? James five sixteen. Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of any person that ever prays avails much. No, that's not what it says. It says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Well, that would seem to infer that and notice it says the effectual fervent prayer. It's not the one two second prayer uh, half-heartedly given. This, this is diligent, fervent, like a 21 day Daniel prayer. That's what availeth much. First Peter 3, 7, likewise, ye husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife 
as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. So you husbands, if you aren't helping your wife as the weaker vessel, uh, recognizing that, that you dwell with your wife since she is the weaker vessel, God said that, not me, then your prayers could be hindered. I don't want my prayers hindered. I don't want that. First Peter three twelve. for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. This is New Testament. This is Peter. First John three twenty two. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Inferring if you don't keep his commandments and do those that are pleasing in his sight, don't expect to receive of him. First John five fourteen, and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him, but it's according to his will. So we're back to asking amiss, or are we really asking when Jesus asked, if it's possible, let this cup pass. But not my will, but thine be done. That's, that's prayer. We're not demanding, say, God, you, you, you have to do that. You, you owe me, God. This is coming with humility and diligence and fervence and righteousness and obedience and doing it to please God, asking something for his glory. So I hope that that helps. Any comments, anything that stands out in what you heard? Now, prayer and fasting is very, very important, and uh, especially reading along with that. And um, it's very encouraging to me because I need to, I need to work on it. Everyone needs to work on it, and especially with fasting. And I can't wait to re-listen to this and go through all the verses again because I would love to I just I just want to be good at it even though I will never be good at it but you know yeah a word you know even Jesus said you being evil give good gifts to your your children how much more does God want to give good gifts to you so he does want to give good gifts however it, it's still a matter of his will, you know, even with Daniel, he fasted and prayed for 21 days. And what he got was, uh, an answer of what's going to happen in the end times that hasn't even happened yet. He, it, the nation didn't get freed. He didn't get out of his slavery. He got an answer. So it, it's still this hum, humility and not my will, but thine, this is, for you, for your glory, it's humbling. And I printed off these verses and in my prayer time, I go through these. I I don't want to displease God. I don't want something hindering my prayer. And 
Um, I'm not going to demand something out of him. And I got to examine myself daily uh, to see if I'm in the faith. So I hope it was helpful. I hope uh, it was encouraging. It's it's not meant to be discouraging, but it, it's meant to be the truth. And if all your prayer is Matthew 7, 7, it, it may not go as you're hoping. And uh, when you know all of what God says about it, I mean, we, we couldn't cover everything that's in there, but maybe you remember Esther and you might read through that. There was three days of prayer and fasting. It's, it's not something that you get in just two seconds. We have such a short attention span and we're so spoiled in what we have and comfortable and we just, I, I don't think, I mean, maybe that's why he put the Thanksgiving part in there, uh, all your supplications with Thanksgiving. Um, are, are we thankful for what we have? Do we have enough? Will we be happy? Can we be happy just with what we have now? Or are we going to blame God and say, no, I'm not going to be happy unless you give me a million dollars or unless you do this or give me a better house or a car. It's not that you can't ask for those things, but just make sure you're not asking amiss that you can consume it upon your lust, that you're asking for God's glory. And uh, there's just so many prayers in the Bible, Hannah and Solomon and David has tons of prayers, uh, Psalm 69, I think, and 91. There's just, there's so many, but most of the time when it's preached, it's, we hear the prayer of Jabez or ask and you shall receive. So I'm hoping that this will give you some answers. will give you some encouragement, um, that your prayer time with God does fill vials in heaven and bring glory to God. All right, let's pray. Close this out. Got to pray. End with prayer on a podcast of praying. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for giving us truth and showing us how you really are and the tools and the requirements, the rules, the things that you have, have put in place for us to follow and be obedient. And I ask that those that are hearing will understand your truth, understand your word, and that we all, as those who profess to be followers of you, will examine ourselves daily and that we will turn from our wicked ways and seek your face, humble ourselves and repent, and that our desire will be that your will be done for your glory, not for, not for us. You've given us eternal life. You've given us so much already. Uh, we ask that you help us to know how to pray and help us see your word clearly so that we can bring you glory and we can um, bring you praise and honor. So we thank you for all you've done for us and for your word. We ask all this in your name. Amen.